Welcome to Future Perspectives, the Locarno Film Festival podcast presented by UBS. I'm your host, Gabby Sanderson, and I'm here to talk with international film stars, upcoming talent, and industry game changers. Over the Future Perspectives series, you will discover secret stories and inspiring perspectives on the future of cinema culture and society. So let's begin. This is Future Spectives. Udo, yeah. 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 welcome to Future Spectives. This is the podcast series of the Locarno Film Festival. Do you ever sit back, Udo, and, and think about your career and go, how in the heck did that all happen? Especially considering your entry into the world towards the end of World War II, you were born in Cologne, to sit back now and and think about everything before, do you go? How did that happen? Well, I try not to. I mean, <laughs> that just would be horrible to sit uh, with a, a vodka shake and say, "How could that all happen to me?" <laughs> no, but uh, like a wow, it's a. <sighs> I mean, I'm a lucky man. There is now uh, I have it downstairs. I'm on the cover of GQ, mm-hmm. and the uh, head title is "I'm a lucky man." I'm a lucky man. I did never wanted to be an actor, and in London there was. Uh, uh, singer Mike Siren, who became a director, and he just asked me basically if I, he's doing his first movie, if I like to be in the movie. Mm. And I said, I don't know, I have never done it, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to be an actor. And uh, I did uh, say yes, mm. and we went to do the movie, and I did not know at all what to do, but then I come out of the water in south of France, and I was only looking where the camera was, and I thought, why are they so far away from me? But I didn't know I was in cinemascope, uh, in close-up on the screen. You were zoomed in. And then uh, they wrote in England a new phase of cinema. Yeah, the most and, beautiful man in the world. And I also that. Did you I believe did, him? Uh, I was good looking, yeah. You I are mean, good looking, Udo. Not the most beautiful, but I mean, I was, let's say, I always like to say, I was photogenic. That is, you know, if you have light eyes and black hair. Modest, modest man. Who would you give that accolade to now? Who's the most beautiful man in the world? They're different. It's a different time. That, that different, yeah. This, it doesn't count anymore now there is which is nice it's more concerned about acting that's how it started and i liked the attention as a, the way i was the way i was born and brought up mm. so i liked the attention and i became an actor and I, i'm a lucky man i met over the years the best, uh, not the be- I don't know who's the best, but uh, amazing directors. I mean, I worked with uh, Fassbinder, Wim Wenders, Herzog, Lars von Trier, Gas von Sand. So I was uh, a lucky, uh, lucky man. You see, I have never asked a director, I would like to work with you. Imagine you said to David Lynch, I would like to work with you, and he was answered, who doesn't? I would go under the table. So, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of directors, lucky me, I mm. worked with, and there are directors like David Lynch, I would like to work with, but I will never tell them. Mm. And uh, 
because... It's ridiculous when actors say, I would like to work with you. So that's step by step, everything went. I, yeah. I met at a festival when Lars von Trier uh, introduced his first film, Element of Crime, at a festival in Mannheim. And I saw the film and I said to the other directors, well, we can go home. Whoever made that film is going to win. And they said, you think so? I said, yeah. He did win, and then we met, and he offered me to work with him, and now we met, we worked 30 years together, we met more than 10 films, mm. and I'm the godfather of his child from the beginning. Well, you're one of the few German actors who's really succeeded in Hollywood and become world famous. Why do you think that is? Well, it depends on the role. Christoph Waltz, for example, was an actor for a long time, never in an American picture, and then he did uh, Glorious Bastards, and uh, he got two Oscars for Tarantino, and he is now the most famous one. So that you can, there's certain things you cannot program. You cannot say, I go to America and make a career. This is... You cannot say that it is. Yeah, uh, but a lot is, of a lot of actors have that dream, though. It's like you think Hollywood, you think America, you think that's where I've got to go to become a star. But that's why it's, for them it stays a dream. Yeah. Gas von Sand was for me important because I made my first American picture uh, with Keanu and River in my own private, oh, Idaho, private Idaho in Portland. I became member of the union and all that. He got me all the paperwork. Yeah. And uh, then came others. What do you think is the role of cinema in opening up people's minds to different perspectives? Well, first of all, uh, uh, art and cinema, everything, has changed. I mean, for me still, my favorites are Douglas Sergo, Hitchcock, uh, black and white movies, mm -hmm. because what Fassbinder always said, film is shadow and light, and they use the shadows so well, especially Hitchcock. Uh, and black and white, I like black and white films because they have a kind of certain drama mm. to it, which mm. a color film is too, show you everything and but in a black and white film you have to see something and you don't know is this red or is this green and and when you do color films you know what color is used yeah. i think cinema has advanced and will advance from the technology because when I started making movies, there was only 60 millimeter or 35. The technology advances so much that the uh, film industry cannot ignore that. And of course, politically, everything changed. And now, I guarantee you, because of all the fire everywhere, the hottest day in London ever since uh, London exists, in Greece, the islands burning off, in Kentucky, the houses, the roof, that will be the next catastrophic film. They will bring that, of course, on the screen, because it's because it's unusual and unnormal, it's perfect for movies. Yeah. Because then you can even exaggerate more. The political things also, of course it will interfere and uh, make its way in to, uh, to uh, the movie world, which is the information mm. for the public, yeah. 
and reversing that as well, movies influencing perhaps people's perceptions? Well, I see it more that uh, that it makes people more aware of it. Yeah. That's yeah. why the films are made, because, mm. you know, not everybody reads a newspaper. You know, there's a lot of people living uh, in some retirement home or what they're not looking at. They look the news, of course. When you've been in over 200 movies and you've been in the industry for 50 years, it must be hard to remember every part you've played. And having played such a diverse mix of characters, is there a type of character that you haven't yet played that you would love to play? Well, first of all, when you say 250 movies, I always say I made... Oh, from the 250, 100 films are bad. 50 <laughs> films you can enjoy with some alcohol, and 50 films are good. Okay. And even an actor can say he made 50 good films. I make more than 10 films only with Lars von Trier, and there is Wim Wenders, there is Herzog. I work fast, but I work with all these people. Mm. And they're good films because, you see, the thing is what people don't know a good director, the are directors, mainly the one I work with, they cannot make a bad film. They can make a film which people don't like, but it doesn't mean it's a bad film. Last Frontier cannot make a bad film, but there is maybe a subject of the film mm. which people don't like. Mm. They say, oh, no, no, no. And, you know, but there are a lot of... Uh, directors who really David Lynch cannot make a bad film Kubrick could not make a bad film they can make films uh, which they themselves choose the subject and like it but the audience doesn't Yeah. and that you cannot control you cannot yeah. okay if you make uh, Snow White or Mickey Mouse of course people like it because it's uh, entertainment mm. just to sit back and uh, see uh, Mickey Mouse doing something crazy. <laughs> but is there a subject, is there a, a, a person, a character that you would love to play that you haven't yet tackled? Well, there were some when other people played it and that I, especially characters from David Lynch, when I see the film, I say, oh, my God, <laughs> that would have been perfect. Uh, but you don't know that because you don't have the access to the scripts. And uh, when you see the movie, then it's, uh, anyway, it is too late. Mm. You know, it's like, yeah, there is a poet, William Burroughs. He wrote Naked Lunch, and he was a very eccentric person living mm. in Morocco. Him, I, like, I would like to play. See, I met him, of course, mm. that's why, and uh, spent an afternoon with him hearing his ideas. But, you know, it is like uh, you never know. That is the good thing about it. For me, it's, I say it's a good thing is that you never know. Mm. I mm. made films where I thought, wow, what a great idea. Making a film, it was nothing. And I made films where I thought, uh, and they were nominated for the Oscar. So you, yeah. you, never, you never know. It's not, there is not a, 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 how do you call that? There is not a concept what you can bring on to make sure it's going to be a success. Mm. It's not your first time here in Locarno, is it? You know this place. Yes, uh, I was in Locarno, I think the first, I, I don't know, it was 86. 
I had dinner with Douglas Sirk and his wife at a uh, at a restaurant at the square where the screen is on the corner. Mm-hmm. And then I was twice in the jury. I saw a lot of films, which yeah. of course when you're in the jury you have to, and met uh, very interesting people. Yeah. And of course I was impressed by uh, the square. And so uh, I like Locarno because I've been also to festival, of course, Mm. uh, in Cannes and Venice and Berlin. But Locarno is in a way more interesting because it is uh, also films which are not going to go to Venice or Berlin. They're coming here. Mm. And a group of people also are very interested in movies, wherever they come from. Mm. So unfortunately, I cannot stay long. I go on Sunday morning. I go to Frankfurt. I uh, own a building in the middle of Germany, and I have to go there to see if everything is okay. Udo, thank you. We have this... um little feature at the end which we call the closing credits which is the same like quick fire questions for every guest but who has the question i have the questions okay go okay then i'll tell you if i like it or not sweating okay right what movie have you watched most in your life and why uh sunset boulevard because sunset boulevard was for me an amazing acting thing and when she comes down the stairs being arrested and she says, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. <laughs> I never forgot that. Next question. Okay. Oh, gosh. If you could have the Piazza Grande to yourself with any of your friends, what movie would you like to watch on the big screen? Uh, I would like to watch my film I did with Pamela Anderson, Barb Wire, because to see Pamela on the big screen, I think <laughs> everybody would wake up and all the restaurants would be empty. <laughs> You're directing a movie about your life. What would the opening and closing scenes look like? The opening would be, which I have the scene already, would be me being born. And I'm the only actor in the world who has ever been born on screen. In the kingdom from Lars von Trier, they built this uh, model of a woman and I was in her stomach with blood and slime on my face and I, I was lying on a piece of wood with four wheels inside the stomach and when I heard the word action I came out just with my head between the legs and I went like ah! <laughs> that was the day I was born that would be definitely that would the be beginning. the one yeah and the end uh, the end would be I have a Mercedes 190SL Uh, But I bought that car because when I was a young man, that was my dream car. I could never afford it, of course not. Mm. And then when I could afford it, I put it in Los Angeles in front of my house. I didn't drive it. And my friends all say, why you have that car in front of your house? I said, you don't understand. When I have coffee in my kitchen in the morning, I look out of the window and my dream is standing there. So that was my car. And I would wear an Hugo Boss suit, drive that car over the cliff in Santa Monica, <laughs> and that would be my end. Oh, really so please. people will write in the paper, he found his 
Havana brown Mercedes in the ocean, and he had a green suit, and it says Hugo Boss, and so that would be my end for the history so, books. What are your hopes for the future of film festivals? That there will be the festivals as an image, go back to the festivals how they were once. Like when John Conway or Sophia Rowan went up the stairs in a little building in Cannes. Now the white carpet is like an airport and it has all changed. You see, there, there should be two festivals. There should be the Glamour Festival and the Intellectual Festival where people just be in rooms on and see a movie and see, trying to get the message what mm. they sent. Mm. Last question. Okay, last but by no means least, as the Locarno Film Festival is all about freedom, do you, Udo, feel free? Uh, well, of course, I feel free as much as I can free, feel free and be allowed to feel free. I mean, I can, you cannot be living in a society where you have certain rules and you cannot break them or you go to jail. So uh, I, I feel, I feel uh, free as much as I want to feel free. Thank you so much. Okay. We're done. We're done. We're done. We're, We're done, done, man. Thank you, Udo. That was great. Okay. You're such a fascinating fella. <laughs> I like the British. You're such a fascinating fella. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fella. You are a fella. Sorry, the fella has to finish my drink, the fella. Oh. England is beautiful. England. <laughs> I started in England my I career. I know you did. Yeah. It was the first time on a cover of films and filming in 68 that was the first cover in 68 68 yeah yes. in that during that time i bet it was like hopping was buzzing amazing. you know i went to the one of the first concert of the beatles oh. in shepherd's bush and i said to the manager who had invited me why they're all so loud screaming paul paul <laughs> i said i want to hear the music and I was, Were you impressed with the Beatles when you yes. saw them in '68? No, I, I was there with the creation of the Bee Gees when they started. Wow! I uh, was a friend of uh, Peter Brown, who was the manager of the Rolling Stones. No, I was the time in London. I was yeah. a Twiggy time fashion. It was Kings Road. Yeah. The, uh, Camden yeah. was that yes. emerging? The punk yes. scene was, was starting to emerge. That's when everything started, actually. Mm. Yeah, mm. I like oh, What a time. Thank you for listening to Future Spectives, the Locarno Film Festival podcast presented by UBS. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support Future Spectives with your review and subscribe on all the major podcast platforms. This series is created and produced by Brand Audio Media.